All right, welcome back to Political List Radio. We have the one and only Miss Lady V here. Give her a hand clap, pretty black. Thank you. We're going to jump right into it because you already heard the intro beforehand. So, first question. You ready? Okay. I'm talking about specifically black and white, not Spanish, not Asian, not Middle Eastern. Is the opportunity equal for both? No. Okay, why? Um, I just I think white people have more of an advantage uh, at this point in time. I'm not saying it'll never change, but right now, and and as the world stands right now, white people do have an advantage over minorities or black people. You don't want to include all the rest of everybody. No, I was just talking specifically between black and white. Because once you add, like, Spanish community and every other community, then it just becomes, like, you know, more technical. But between black and white. Okay. Social distancing. Your opinion on it? Should we keep going? Should we social distance more? Should we keep going at the same rate? Should we stop it, lessen it? Um, Honestly, I believe in privacy, in personal space. I've always did before even COVID came around. So... I mean, the six feet apart never was an issue or bothered me at all. So, I don't know, if anything, I probably practiced that way before COVID even came into action. I like to have my own, like, keep my space. What about now on Long Island? Because we've, everybody sees it. Now you go into convenience stores and you're wearing your mask. And then there's people that nobody says anything to about not wearing their mask. Like, you think that's a problem, or you think it's like, what the hell are you doing? Or it's just like, ah, hey, you know what, do you? Um, I don't have an issue with it. If you don't want to wear your mask, that's on you. You're the one taking the risk with your own health and your own life. Um, do, I think it's, do, you think, do I think it's right? No, I don't. I think you should be wearing the mask, too, because not only are you protecting um, yourself, but you're protecting your own family from things coming back home. So if you love your family and you love, you love your loved ones and your friends, wear the mask. Yeah, 100%. I can't argue with that one. What about social distancing at hospitals? Um, oh, God. I, I don't think that's even possible. I mean, you know, with, with patients and um, it really doesn't. I don't really think that makes a difference, honestly, in the hospital. I mean, you could do the social distancing, but I mean, more likely everything's going to get you. Know, I mean, you have, you're susceptible to all that stuff anyway. I mean, with the nurses and the doctors, they're not keeping their they they're not keeping their social distancing from you because they have to examine you. So. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right because now at hospitals they you can't even walk into the room if I'm not mistaken and visit your loved ones. You actually have to stand outside the room. Yeah, but it doesn't. You're right because it doesn't make a difference because you still have to come in contact with the nurses who are mm-hmm. in contact with everybody else, whether it's in freaking the lunch room or whatever. They eventually they come in contact. But I think that I think with them with them not allowing people to come visit the patients and stuff like that, I have an issue with that because you know people like to check on their loved ones and everything. Uh-huh. But because of the the situation, people just have to make that sacrifice uh-huh. and figure out the best way to get around it. Okay. What about social distancing at church? Um. Well, I don't go to church, so I don't really have an opinion <laughs> on that. But yeah, it, it, you know, as far as your face and everything like that, I mean, it, it depends on your face. It depends on you know what your religion says about things like that. I mean, I'm assuming in some religions they probably don't even you know wouldn't stand for social distancing. To some of the you know practices. a lot of religions don't. So um, you know that's why now you see a lot of those those. Uh, 
places, they're closed now. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, they can't even have their people there. Everything has to be done virtually, which, you know, I really see that that's going to be probably um, a trend with a lot of a lot of churches and religions after the COVID. I really think they're going to all kind of start gradually moving over to, you know, virtual because it makes more sense. I mean, you know, they don't pay, they, I mean, they don't pay any taxes anyway, but, you know I mean? This, you know, the church structure, really, do, do do people really need that? I mean, you really just need the preacher and so on and so forth. But, you know, this is somebody who doesn't really go to church. So. Yeah. Okay, what about social distancing at funerals? Um, I think that that is going to also be um, the same as far as, like, the churches and everything like that. I really feel like that should stay the way it is. I really think they really should start streaming funerals so people don't have to, you know what I mean? Because you know how people, some people have to come out of state to pay their respect and yeah. stuff like that. It's, you know what I mean? It would be much easier if it was virtual. You could still do the same thing. You see the body, you know what I mean? You're just, you know, and you're, and you're um, grieving uh, grieving by, you know, alone in your own privacy. I think that makes more sense than being, you know, in, cooped up in a, in a place with a whole bunch of people. I mean, I understand... That, that, you know, you guys kind of lean on each other during that period. Um, but you can still do the same thing. You still do it on in virtual. You, know, yeah. you can still do the same thing. Well, it's just the, um, what is it? I guess you could say, like, uh, the support is just kind of missing. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody. support. But, yeah. you know, you can still have, you can still have emotional support through, through virtual. Because you can have people, people are going to be in there, be in the room with you while you're, while you're observing the funeral. You guys who do your talking, your chatting, and stuff on there. Yeah. I mean, and a little, and it's, it's actually a little bit more transparent. You know, what I mean, because some people might feel a little bit more, um, more comfortable sharing their feelings that way, as opposed to you know, in the phys- in the physicality way. Like when when people are around, I see see some people they shut down when they're going through that. You don't oh, even you yeah. don't even know what they're going through. Oh yeah. But you 100%. know, sometimes if you're in the privacy of your home and you're com in your in your, in the privacy of your comfort, you know what I mean, sometimes that co- it comes out more and you can express yourself more. And and you're on the computer, so a lot of times that gives you a little bit more of um what do you call it? Um I, you know what is it? Uh, anonymous. You can be kind of more of anonymous with it. Yeah, you can grieve on your so, own. So you know, what I mean, like you know, some some people like that. Some you know, I mean, you see now with social media nowadays with trolls and stuff. Yeah. You know I mean, a lot of people they get their frustration out on there because it's easier because they don't have to face the public. And and it does help for elderly and those that are handicapped that can't make it on a plane or those unfortunately because of social distancing. And because of the pandemic, can't get on the plane or can't travel for whatever reason mm-hmm. and wish they could be there. That's when, um, like, streaming funerals, it, it's harsh as it sounds, because I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, that's horrible. Put the body on display like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it does work out for those who are elderly and those who are handicapped that can't make it to the funeral. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even religion and everything like that, you know, I think you have more of a turnout of people um, coming out. Uh, for faith, if they could do it in the privacy of their own home. Yes. I mean, I know me, if I was, you know, if, you know, when the time comes when I was younger and my parents used to be, because, you know, I grew up to have a witness, and my parents used to be waking us up every Sunday to go to the hall. You know, if you, I, I could imagine it would have been much easier and we probably, and, and we would have been more cooperative if it was virtual and we could do it in the privacy of our home, own home. With, you know what I mean? You are right. There are some, not to cut you off, but there are some religions, and I've seen it myself, where 
the body itself gets taken to a Catholic church, but because of that person's religion, they're not allowed to step foot in that church, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So, you know, I just think, it, 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 you know, some things are going to be better off with this, you know, after this COVID thing. And it's probably going to be like, you know, people probably going to say to themselves, why, why didn't we do this, started doing this a long time ago? Yeah, it was the crossover, but uh, <clears throat> I wasn't here to argue with you. Let's move on to the next subject. Okay. Governor Cuomo. Okay. I'm biased. I like. I love Andrew. <laughs> no. Um, I, I like. I, I don't support Cuomo and everything that's going on. Like as far as um, with the women coming out and you know the the um, the deaths over COVID at the uh, senior homes. I don't support that. But um, you know, honestly. Nowadays, you know, we were dealing, people got to realize with the home, with the nursing home situation, we were dealing with something that was never dealt with before, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure there's a lot of governors, a lot of um, political officials, and we're not going to name any names, that did, you know, did not make the right decisions and make the right calls throughout this situation. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put Cuomo down for that. As far as the women coming out, I'd rather keep my, you know, I mean, keep my opinions to myself until, you know, until the court proceedings are done and whatever, you know, whatever he's found is guilty or whatever. Then I'll share my opinions on that. In other words, in I mean, in other, I would probably, I'm probably gonna be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? But you know, all these women coming out, I'm not saying that they're not telling the truth, and I'm not saying that they're lying. All I'm saying is that it's none of my business. Until it's until it's gone to court and the man is being found guilty of it. Yeah, in other words, innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. So it's, even though, like, I'll keep my opinion to myself, but he still does have that right to actually be innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very disappointed to hear that he's going through all that. I'm yep. very disappointed this all is happening. Okay. But I rather I don't want to I don't want to um you know, share my opinion of it until until everything is done and everything is, you know, the truth comes out. 100%. So I was going to, now that you brought it up, I'm going to skip over my next uh, person <laughs> and move right on to this guy. How do you feel as Donald Trump as President of the United States, not as a human being, as President of the United States? Um, all right. There were some things, I mean, there was more things that I was against Trump on, um as far as his policies and some of his actions, there are some, there's, there's a few of them that I did agree with. Um, but my thing, my opinion of him, and it's not because of, but it's just how he carried himself as the president. I just don't think that he was very adequate enough, I mean, enough to me. And it it was very, it was kind of, you know, he kind of made the the country a mediocrity. By behaving the way he did, you a laughing stock. So it's like you know, I'm I'm really you know I really don't I really don't respect him for that. You know what I mean? But I'm not gonna say that he was all bad because, like I said, some of his faults, some of his policies, and some of his actions in office, I do agree with. Most of them I don't, but there's some that I do. So I can't, you know, what I mean, you can't put somebody all the way down. Yeah. I if I if you ask me, if he did a good job. No, he did not. That's my answer. Right. I feel the same opinion that, as you do. I 100% I feel the same opinion. There was a lot of things that he did right, and there was a lot of things he could have corrected himself on. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, oh. I know a lot of people probably be mad at me, but n- no offense. I mean, I don't agree with the wall, 
Nobody's going to be mad at you. This is a political list radio. We have open minds. I don't agree <laughs> to the wall for yeah. I, mean, I don't agree to the wall and what it's supposed to represent. Yep. But I agree to the wall to try to get the situation in underhand because it was so out of control before this man decided to start doing it. Okay. Now we have now he him building that wall allows us to try to get it under control at this point. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I agree with. I, that's as far as I agree with it when it comes to that wall. So you do agree with the wall? I don't agree with the wall and what you know what I mean and the, what it symbolizes. Yeah. But I agree for I agree with it and how out of necessity. Be, yeah. Um how, how we could use it to our advantage. Yeah, one hundred percent. I personally just don't think we can afford it. I mean, there's I a lot more. There's, we, there's a long more. There's a long way to go with it. But starting with the wall, I, I don't. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't disapprove of it. But there's some things that we have to get in order. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. When it comes to using it. Okay. Donald Trump, the human being, the celebrity himself, not his presidency, but the human being and the celebrity himself. Um. Honestly, I always like Trump. I always thought he was entertaining. Yeah, I yeah, I, I was a big fan of The Apprentice for like the first two years. You know, after after the second year, kind of went all downhill with the celebrities and everything. It kind of got just the celebrity un, Apprentice. Un, 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 it, you know, I mean, it came, it become, it became uninteresting to me. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, I always loved, I always thought Donald Trump was a good entertainer anyway. And when he got into um, television and everything, doing that kind of stuff, I thought it was a great move for him. Um, him as you know, outside of the entertainment industry, he's a you know he's definitely a douchebag. I mean, <laughs> he has done so much stuff and gotten away with it. It's got to the point where this man doesn't even know what's right and wrong anymore in 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 the world. It's far, especially with business and everything like that. Yeah, I think it's his, his cockiness. business ventures. He's just been so cocky, and he yep. he just thinks he could just do whatever he wants, and you know, and nobody's and nobody seems to be you know um enforcing anything with him. So. You know, I mean, I know Biden said now nah, he's going to do it, but I don't even see him doing it in his term either, so. Let's move on to the next subject. Damn, you got me skipping all over. I can't even talk on illegal immigration. That was one of my subjects, but she already covered that in the last one, too. I was like, well, there that goes. <laughs> Joe Biden. I love Joe. Sleepy Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> You're a Biden supporter. Yes, I, well, I always like Biden. Even when he was um, working with Obama, so um, I, I, you know, I know that he's getting up there in age, and that's what a lot of people were worried about with him coming into office. But I'm, I don't think anybody has to be con- too concerned about that, because um, Biden made it very clear that he's trying to make up a team that even if something ever, if anything happens to him, like even as far as if he can't hold the office mentally, yeah. His team will be able to take over, yeah. and you know, and still be able to um, continue with his with his plan, you know, as planned. You know, I think, I think, and uh, even for the Republicans, I don't think they're worried about Joe Biden being president. I think they're more worried about what you just said for if everybody. For if some happens to him, that people, the people are working for him only to actually get him out of there just so they can actually, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's exactly why he did it because, you know, the man said he didn't, I mean, when he, when him and Obama was done with their, with their um, term in office, he didn't even want to run for president. I think he came out and ran for president this time, not only because Trump wasn't, you know, a terrible president, 
Um, but he just wanted to make sure that somebody else wouldn't get in there who who is just being like, you know, Trump and, and calling all the shots and not taking in consideration other people that's in the country. Yeah. Other diversities. And I noticed that with Biden. It seems like that's what he's building with his, you know what I mean, with his... Yeah, yeah. You know, his team, he's building diversity. He's making sure, like, hey, you know what? Even if something happens to me, even if I'm out of office, okay, you got Kamala, that's going to take my... It's going to take my reins, but then there's other people that I also that I also brought in that are going to, you know, push things that Kamala might not even be, you know. Do you for. support Kamala Harris? Um, I have to say yeah, cause I'm a black woman, and you know I don't want to get jumped. But um, now, uh, you know, I don't really know too much about her. You know, I I didn't even know of her until this election. Um, I, as a matter of fact, a lot of people told me I didn't know she had um, also ran for the Democratic ticket last presidential election, and I didn't even know I that. I didn't know that either. Um, and she dropped out, but she dropped out a lot earlier with that one. Um, I didn't I didn't really even know much about her until now, but, you know. I didn't know. Do I, I support her? I don't I don't know her background. I don't know what she, you know, where her, where she's coming from. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm willing to learn that, you know, give her a chance because, of course, she's a black woman, you know, and we have to all stick together. Black, black girl power. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> start throw that in there. Um, just, you know, like I said, I have to wait and see because I'm not really sure where she's coming from. And, you know, it's just to be, it just would be interesting to find out. Okay. Let me switch subjects for a second. If I can throw a wrench in the gear, let's talk about your boy, Kevin. Kevin Samuel. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Let's see what do you have to say about him. You're really supportive of him. I'm not supportive. Don't lie. You're really okay, supportive. Okay, no, you know what? You're right. I do support him. Thank I you. support his cause and what he is trying to do on his platform. And that's what makes it so sad is that a lot of people don't see what he's trying to do. Yep. Okay. And but you know, at the same time, that's what he needs. He needs people like that out there because. I don't think people are aware of how out of order some of us are. I mean, I'm not going to say just the black community. I think it's a help for the black community. But I'm starting to see that it's not only just within the black community that, that this is being, that this is affecting. Um, I think it's affecting the entire world. Um, even though he'll probably, he'll probably say different because in his shows, he says that, you know, the only women that are acting like this are women over here in the United States. You know, you don't see any Asian women, you don't see any, you know, you don't see any Arab women, you don't see any of those women um, carrying themselves like American modern women are. Um, but at the same time, Kevin has to also remember that this is a modern world. And, you know, I mean, the modern woman has adapted to that world, and I think that modern men need to adapt, need to ad- start adapting to the modern world, world as well. And if you if you took the time as modern men to adapt, then you would see why some of these modern women are behaving the way they are. And then maybe then then you will have some kind of leniency for it at the same time because you know you can't stop when you can't 
you you can't tell women to stop being women. Yeah. Because okay, I could be a woman, and you're saying okay, if I if I was married and I had or or you know I had a husband, or, you know that he's gonna protect me. That's not necessarily true. You know what I mean? There's a lot of times where these husbands can't be there for their wives, mm-hmm. and they have to protect themselves. Yep. You know, if I'm at work, my husband's not gonna be there to be able to protect me. And then you got you got these random shooters coming in, in into these workplaces. Well, one hundred percent. I mean, where's the protection that these men are supposed to give me? You know what I mean? It's not happening. So I mean, it's like you know, like I said, I I, I do support him. I support what he's trying to do. Um, I don't agree with a lot of his things because I think that he's being a little partial with younger women because they're young women and yeah. he's attracted to them. And he feels like, oh, you know, yeah, if you want to get married, go get married to an older guy. But then he's telling the younger guys in the same age group, oh, you shouldn't even think about trying to settle down and get married. So if you're telling young women they need to work on getting married, and then and in the same age group, the, their counterparts, the young men, you're telling them not to think about it. How are they supposed to be getting married? Get a sugar daddy. In now, other how, words, how are you supposed to see them getting married? And you're telling Nicole the young men it? don't think about doing stuff like right. that. And the women are the, are the same age bracket. You're telling them they have to get, you know, they got to start working and prepare for it. That just kind of kind of cancels each other itself out. Yeah. And that's where some that's where the problems that he's seeing is coming in too, because you got these young women if they get married to older men that are taking care of them like sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. Once they get out of that relationship, they'll, they'll, those young women are so used to a lifestyle, they can't go to a younger a younger man anymore. Yeah. I've, I personally believe that when it comes to money in a relationship, yeah, money is pretty much a necessity because you do need to survive. But here's the thing. When you're marrying into a relationship just for money, mm-hmm. where is the love? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where is the respect and where where is like you know um, the comfort and things like that? Exactly, and that was that's my, that was my next point. You know, you're an older man, you're marrying a younger woman. That younger woman is not gonna be there when you get sick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you get sick, that younger woman's gonna put you in the home and have a nurse taking care of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. While she's out there spending your money. Yep. You know what I mean? And and, and best believe, that older man and that young woman put you in that nursing home. Guess who's going to be taking care of you as that older man? Well, them older black women that you have sat there and put down in your radio show and told them about themselves and said, hey, you know, you're going to die alone. Well, hey, yeah, they're not going to die alone. They're going to be dying. They're going to die taking care of your old ass because ain't nobody taking care of you. Well, here's another thing. I mean, I know there is Viagra and all them sex pills, but let's be honest. Eventually, for a male reproductive like you know it ain't gonna work no matter how much you take once you get to a certain age or it'll semi work oh well i remember there was a young woman who came on his platform and she was trying to explain to him that he talks about women and their biological clocks how how about men and their biological clocks yeah they're able to keep producing sperm yeah they're able they might be able to impregnate some impregnate somebody but he she said they did scientific studies and said older men if they go out and reproduce, a lot of times those kids come out with deformities because the sperm is not young yes. and, and, and youthful. I, I agree with that. I don't agree with the fact that, oh, the older that the women gets, the harder it is for them to have a child. Mm-hmm. I honestly, because I think about it, okay, I, personally, like technically, yeah, but if, if a female is able to get pregnant in her 40s, God bless her. Yeah. There's not, she's not going to run that bigger risk of a chance. 
But if a, a male is trying to reproduce in his 50s and 60s because he's hopped up on sex pills, because let's be honest, in, in the words of Eddie Griffin, I'm not trying to steal a joke. Eddie Griffin said it, not me. <laughs> the male reproductive system, your your dick stops running somewhere around the speed limit. <laughs> you know, let's put it that way. So once your shit stops working, after that, what do you have left? You can get a hard-on, but, you know... Is there anything left for you to reproduce? And if there is, like, what is left? Like, you're only working on a half a strand here. Mm-hmm. You know, because remember, the sperm cells, like, you have an egg and then you have sperm cells. The sperm cells themselves, if they're not able to make it to the egg or they make it half-ass to the egg. Or if they can make it to the egg, but they don't have it does, they don't have the right um, um, components or yeah. if, they have, if it has any kind of deficiencies... Those children come out deformed or they yeah. come out with some kind of, you know, um, deformity. Yeah. And, you know, men need to, and older men need to take responsibility for that. Uh, I know when the young woman called on his platform and said that he didn't want to dispute it or, you know, argue it or not. He just, you know, he just, he just allowed her to speak. Yeah. But, well, you know, you, you should really take that in consideration, especially when you're telling these young women, hey, you know, if you want to have. If you want to get married and you don't want to have to pay significant bill, bills when you have kids, you know what I mean? Tell them, hey, you know, you don't have to necessarily go get yourself a rich man. You, you, you're working and you're doing what you do. Save up your money. Because yeah. you know that eventually if you want to get married, you're going to have to stay home with your kids. Well, on top of that, okay. But say, I know that probably sounds boring, so that's not really, you know, that doesn't really create or build a platform. No, not you. even that. Start, you know, controversy. Let's just, we're not here to create controversy. Let's just well, I'm say, talking about him, because that's his whole platform. It's like controversy, Because so. let's just say, like, okay, you do find a rich man, right? And that, he's got millions. And now, you know, you're on a yacht, and you're freaking on a golf course. Nobody knows how to play golf, but hey, this freaking golf cart truck, so I'll ride around. <laughs> let's go play golf. Okay, cool. I'm going to get some iced tea. You ain't going to see me for hours. Like, what hole are you on, the third? Really? It's been like four hours. How? You know what I'm saying? But you got millions. The only problem is, once you have millions, that rich man, at any time, can just cut you off. Like, no, I want half. Oh, you want half? You don't remember that contract we signed? You probably don't when we were signing all that paperwork and this and that. See, that's my thing. For males, too. Males want to get married and freaking live off of freaking females that got millions of dollars or even close to a million or hundreds or tens of thousands. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Eventually, you got to realize that can all get cut off real quick from both sides. That can just, that's it. You're done. You know what I'm saying? So from both sides, like male and female, like it's don't look for a sugar daddy. Don't look for somebody who's going to pay your way because eventually you will get cut off. And then what are you left with? Well, I just think people need to be more realistic. I mean, especially older people. And when you're talking to young people, you know, be careful about what you say because a lot of times they take it and they run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have somebody that has, that is, you know, has a lot, that has a lot of money that could, you know, take care of you and everything like that. But where does that leave you? Thank you. Yeah, you can have somebody take care of you all you want. Why don't you just stay with your mom and dad? <laughs> You know what I mean? If you want to be out, if you really want to be out and independent on your own, try to fit, you got to try to, you know, fend for yourself. And before you get into a relationship where somebody's doing that for you, you need to learn how to do it for yourself first. Absolutely. Because if somebody does it for you, how do you learn? You know what I'm saying? 
That's like if somebody and what, and what if up. that person's not there anymore? So many things are happening nowadays. Like I said, people are, you know, like Kevin said, black women have more of a chance of dying in a and um a shootout than getting married. You know what I mean? So if the prob- you know I mean, if the probabilities are higher with that, then why even get married? For that matter. You know what I mean? If we're gonna die if we if we have more of a chance of dying in um you know, a, a mass shooting. Yeah. Then getting married. Then I think I I I I mean I wouldn't even get married. Then it doesn't make any sense. Wait, I can hold. Get, I can get married. Then the next thing you know, I'm gonna die in a mass shooting the next day. So you're saying? Hold on a second. So you're saying that uh, what he said was that black women actually have more of a chance of dying in a shootout than actually getting married. Yes. They have. They have a higher chance of dying in a mass shooting. Okay. I then, did not know that. Get, then getting married. Statistic-wise. Yes. I did not know that. That's like flying a plane and getting bit by a shark. One has a more higher probability than freaking, like, crashing in a plane. You're, you're more likely to get bit by a and shark. And him saying that just tells me, like, okay, well, then maybe I shouldn't even get married then. Because if I'm going to, you know, if it's more of a chance of me dying in a, in a mass shooting, then I, I can get married tomorrow, and then the next day I'm, di- I'm going to die in a mass shooting. Yeah. I know some people... Uh, from and they're white too, old school people. And I asked him, so "You guys been together for a while? Like, you guys aren't married?" And she straight up looked. No, he wants to get married. I didn't get married. I was like, "Well, why? Because it's a piece of paper, and it's more taxes you got to pay, and all that bullshit." Like, it's, we love each other. What's the point of getting married? We don't need a piece of paper to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to get married. I want to get married. I want to marry my fucking as soon as she gets home. I'm marrying her. I love her to death, that's but what, that's my opinion. Other people, they don't want to get married because they're like, what's a piece of paper? I love her. I don't have to sign a piece of paper and freaking exchange rings to show her how much I love her. You the know what I'm saying? The teacher's on because me, I don't, I, you know what I mean? I don't want to get married because I know, you know what I mean? I don't have, I don't have anything to offer in a marriage. You know what I mean? It's not that I don't, you know, want to, it doesn't mean I want to die alone, but it's just that, you know, I just don't feel like I have, I don't have, the, I don't have what it takes to offer to, yeah. to have well, off, what offers to have trust me I, I should know firsthand like a lot of times where people get married it just goes downhill the moment they get married too mm-hmm. in a relationship for some reason it's just it's I mean, that if does I do happen marry, in a lot it, of marriages it's funny because if i do marry i'm gonna marry for love i mean I would, that's the only way i would marry because yeah. i love the person and we have to get married you know what i mean yeah, and because and, not a lot of days, you can't do a lot of things. If you're not married to the person, you can't go into the hospital and get any information on them. You can't do, you know what I mean? You can't make funeral arrangements. You can't do stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's the only reason why I would even get married. And like I said, it would be for love, not for money. All right, let's get subjects real quick because I asked one question about 20 minutes ago and we segued into like 10 <laughs> different fucking... The dead ass. That was actually really good. Cause we just kept segueing into question after question after question. <laughs> and I'm looking at my thing. I was like, damn, how the hell we got to marriage after all? This shit ain't even written on my paper right here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here in Suffolk County on Long Island, it's a well-known fact all throughout the United States. It's been all over the media. There's a heroin pandemic. How do you feel about the heroin pandemic? Like, what do you feel needs to be done? Or just your thoughts in general? Like, yeah, it's fucked up or, you know, like, how do you feel about the heroin pandemic right now on Long Island? Well, you know, honestly, before it even came out, um, before it even came out in the media, 
all of this, I was totally blind to the fact I didn't even know there was really an issue with that. I mean, I had seen issues with other type of drugs okay. in my community. Um, like, uh, but I feel like, you know, this whole heroin thing is only because it's, it's hitting a certain community and now they want to do something about it because it's hitting that one, that, that community. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, the, the problem has been around for years. It's just that it's been in a different community and nobody cared. But now it's hitting, you know, the, it's hitting the important community and now we got, you know, now it's yeah. got to be, now it's gotta be in the media and it has to be brought, you know, it has to be brought to everybody's attention. I agree with you 100%. Just, all kinds of drugs that uh, that are contaminating contaminating our cultures. Yep. Here See, here's and my nobody's question. Nobody's even paying attention to the ones that probably are are even more dangerous than heroin. Nobody yeah. cares about that because it's not affecting certain communities. Yeah. But as soon as it crosses over into a certain community, oh, let's do something about it. We need to put this out. Let everybody know what's going on. Yep. Because when it was actually brought up too, uh, in the news about freaking Huntington Station and wine dance. And this is going back into the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was brought up that they had a pandemic and crack and this and that. But it was brought up more of look how dangerous these streets are. Yeah, how you dangerous know, they, they can't live are. here and go to school. It was more of a warning yeah. or, 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 you know, but once, some kind of... once it got to Comac or once it got to Dick's Hills, all of a sudden, it's, this is a pandemic. People are dying. Really? There's People were dying since the 80s. It. You know, now all of a sudden you need to do about it. But when you were freaking advertising it back in the 80s, all of a sudden, you know, back in the 80s, it was these streets are dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, they leaned more towards freaking how bad the streets were than they did that we need to do something about this. People are dying and homeless. Nowadays, now they focus more on people are dying and homeless because it reached Comac. Mm-hmm. It reached freaking out here in Bumblefuck Sound Beach. Yeah. Now it's a pandemic. I hope we're talking about that, but you just talking about the homelessness. The homelessness? Yeah. Where on Long Island or yes. throughout the I, United I, States? I, it's funny because I'm seeing. Well, let's every, touch on it then. Fuck I'm it. seeing more of it now. I know when I uh, uh probably about I would say probably about ten years ago. Um, really over ten years ago, really if I think about it, yeah, over ten years ago, my parents had um, moved down to North Carolina and. When I went down there to visit, I noticed that they used to have people out there. They had signs out. They were saying yeah. they're homeless and da, da 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 And I just thought that was wow. You know, they just out here on the street doing it like that. You know, it's never. You know, it's not like that in New York and blah blah blah. I mean, now it's like 10, 20 years later, and here I'm seeing people doing it here in New York. Oh, they've been doing it in New York City for the longest time. So, I mean, I know in New York City there was homelessness. You know, I mean, there's shelters and stuff like that. And it was out in the streets of New York City, yeah. but I'm seeing it now even on Long Island. Yeah. I'm seeing, you know, young young people yep. on the corner of LIE from, uh, I mean, on exit. I don't want to get the exit number. The wheel, hold on, not to cut you off. Getting up on the LIE. For I those young on Long Island. saying that, and then a young woman was on it like the next day. Give me two seconds. For those on Long Island, you don't have to give the exit because everybody already knows who you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And they stand there, and it's they have to be my age, in their 30s yeah. at least. But they've been Young. doing that for the last 10 fucking years. Yes. We're homeless. We need money. We need this. And what's sad is they actually bring their children with them mm-hmm. to freaking Sitting do it. Out there. Everybody knows who you're talking about on Long Island. 100%. We already know the exit number, and it's fucking and sad. And it was shocking it's to me. Sad. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, I, I never saw this. Unless it was in North Carolina, and now it's starting to kind of, it's kind of migrating up here. 
And I'm just saying to myself, like, what you know what I mean, where is this gonna lead to? What's gonna happen from here? Because it's probably just gonna get it's probably gonna get worse. Well, what their situation is, everybody already knows, their situation is unfortunately they're hooked on a lot of drugs. Yes. And a lot of people like, listen, you're bringing your kids to fucking like fix your heroin addiction or whatever addiction you have. Like, you've been doing this for 10 years. Like, get the fuck off the street and do something. Mm -hmm. Nobody's giving them money because they're looking at, oh, look at these junkies. We're not giving Money. Well, Nobody's I giving. Everybody's used to it. Yeah, no, yeah, everybody's because, so used to it. You know, in North Carolina, people used to stop all the time giving those people money. Yeah, I notice here nobody stops. They sit there reading the signs. I mean, I've seen a couple of people, you know, put their dollar, you know, roll down their window, maybe a little tiny bit, and stick a dollar out for them to take. To, to take. Oh yeah, but. See, like, when I roll past somebody, oh yeah, you got a few dollars. Like, if I got a few dollars, hey, you need a few dollars. You know what I'm saying? I know you're struggling. When I see somebody standing there with a sign, I need work, I have no money, to me it's like, yeah, not for nothing, I've been on the streets before. You can go hustle. Yeah, I mean, Standing you know, there with a sign is just like, I gave up on life. Give me money so I can do it. Like, and in I'm my sorry, opinion. but I think the community needs to take this, as, a, as all of us as a community, needs to step up and do something about it. There should be programs for these people so they shouldn't be out there doing that. Yeah. Um, there's, I know there's food pantries and stuff like there that. People should be able to get food and everything like that. They should have more, more of that stuff accessible. It's not like it's hard. I mean, I just don't, I just don't understand. I just don't see why that came up here from North Carolina. I understand it being in North Carolina because if you, if you haven't been to North Carolina, you know what I mean? Like, Buildings are like three miles apart down there, so okay. I mean, I, I kind of understand maybe why people might it might not be accessible for them to get. Yeah, to I've been to like North that. Carolina before. Um, it's definitely it be, different from New York. It might be more easier and more accessible for them to do that. Um, I know that down there though, when those people were doing that, they got permits to do that. They had to go down and get to the permits? town. Yes, to, to actually hustle to be able to beg on the streets like that. And I know they don't wow. do that here in New York. No, in New York, if you get a permit, you better have something to sell. <laughs> well, no, Simple this is a, that. This is called, I forgot what they called it down there. My mom told me uh, years ago what the, the, what, uh, the permit is. Uh-huh. But they have a permit to sit there. I, I think it's like a peddler's. I, I might have it wrong. Peddler's, I think, is when you're selling something. But I think it's called peddler's. Oh, peddler's panhandler's permit. permit. A pan, yeah, panhandler's permit. That's exactly what it is. And they could they could go out there with their signs, and people could get yeah, you know, I mean, could give them money. And if they if a police run you know runs up on them, and they see them getting money from people, they gotta show their permit. Now here in New York, I don't think they have it set up like that so yet out here, but I, I could see that happening out here with the rise of like you said with the heroin, with the the rise of illegal like immigration. I bet you that's set up already. In New York, like, let's be honest, with the rise of illegal immigration, I guarantee you that's already set up. Like, no, they have a right to stand there. Because in reality, you do have a right to stand there. In my opinion, like, panhandling, okay. Like, if you, there's certain situations where you have to panhandle. I've been in that situation yeah. before. You need something to eat. Goddamn. Let's go get a fucking dollar fucking, you know, McMuffin or something from McDonald's or, or from 7-Eleven. you just need to collect money just to yeah. have, a, have a, a place to stay for the night because it's going to be cold. Exactly. But there's a lot of people, like, I've seen it myself. You can look all over YouTube with that shit. There's a lot of people that panhandle because they know, like, they'll make more money they will in one day of panhandling than they will on an eight-hour freaking job. 
You know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like, bro, that's not the American dream. Yeah. The American dream is you are where you are. What are you going to do to move forward? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people that do need... Anyway, let's get to the next subject. Okay. Because I promise you I wouldn't butt in. I was just asking questions, <laughs> and here I go. Okay. So when I catch myself, or just hint at me, Dave, next question. Okay, no, cool. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Women's rights. Here in the United States... Women's rights. Do you think that women are actually have the same rights as men and they're being paid the same and they're being treated the same? Or do you actually believe like, no, like, you know, that's not that's not the truth. A lot of women are being paid a lot less for the same job. Um, yeah, well, of course, it's, of course, it's not equality in pay between men and women. I mean, they're still fighting that down to this day. So um, I know Joe said he's going to try to work on that. During his term, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. To be honest with you, sorry, women, I hate to break the bad news to you, but uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon, um, unless unless we band together and we start working together to do that. Because I do believe that there should be equal pay. Okay. Um, only because there are some women out there that are taking care of families, just like men are taking care of families, and they should be getting paid equal pay. Yeah, because it is, a family is a family. It doesn't matter who's the head of the household. Yep. I've always said that, too. Hey, and listen. If the woman's out there working, whether she's a single mother or she is just or she is just the head of the household because the husband might have, you know, they've gotten laid off yep. or whatever. Especially in this type of days, you know that they you know, these things are happening right now. And that, and that is turning a lot of these families upside down. Now, if women were getting equal pay, this wouldn't be an issue. No, you're 100% right. I've always said that, too. Whether it's women or somebody that's handicapped or somebody that's elderly, especially, I'm not going to give up the place even though I should, but that's a different can of worms for another day. Mm -hmm. When I was actually the manager there, people would come, oh, this guy, and it wasn't even a woman, it was a freaking man. Oh, this guy, like, what's wrong with him? He doesn't talk. And they were making fun of him because the guy was actually mentally handicapped. And finally, I was like, hey, let me talk to you guys in the back room. Let me ask you a question. Like, literally, first of all, how dare all of you to be fucking making fun of somebody that's handicapped? But let me ask you a question. Does this guy work? But yeah, but he doesn't talk and he's like stupid. I was like, ah, hold on. Let me ask you a question. And this is going to piss you off. How much better does he work than all of you combined? That's my question. And they all got pissed off and reported me. Well, that's, that's, that's a good question. It, that, I mean, I think if you have equal pay, you will you will see how easy it is to measure productivity at that point. Yeah. Because if I I think if a man sees a sees a woman who's getting paid the same amount of money as, she, as he is, and she he sees that she's she's banging out more productivity wise, mm -hmm. that's gonna make the men want to make the men want to work more. That's the art of competition in the workforce. 100%. That's the other competition in the workforce. And that's what people fucking forget, unfortunately. People forget that shit all the time. And they want to look down up here, oh, no, why is she making the same as me? You know, I outwork her. Not realizing, like, no, just because you're a man doesn't mean you outwork her. You and then, you know, and, I, and it could change the dynamic. Like I said, that could change the dynamic of things. This is a modern world. I'm going to go back to Kevin Samuels. Okay, if, if, if women were getting equal pay, you know what I mean? Maybe... This could be a world where, where he says, oh, you know, I'm Thanos, and I put my thing down, and all the men disappear in the world. Oh, all the women are going to die in a matter of hours because they can't take care of the electricity. Well, why is that? Because they are not allowing women in those positions 
because those men get paid a certain amount of money and they don't want to see women getting that type of pay. It's and a type of do, jealousy. If they do allow those women to even get in those industries because they are forced to by diversity laws, then they want to pay her less. Yep. So most women are not going to take that job because why am I going to get paid less than a man to do the same thing and I'm taking just as much as, as a risk as a man, yeah. but I'm getting paid less. And which is sad because men do that to other men in the work business too. It's hard enough uh, for women to get into the work business, but men do that to other men in the work yeah. business. Now a woman works and walks in there and the guy you were just against ten for the last 10 months, now both of you are against her. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? This is a newbie. And on top of that, in the back of their head, she's going to take my job. Why? Because she's a woman? No, because she works harder than both of you combined. That's why she's going to take both of your jobs. And it's motivation. doesn't matter if she's a woman or not. Does she get the job done? That's what freaking matters. You it, know what it, I'm saying? It, it, it establishes motivation yes. amongst the group. Yeah, I, I think freaking competition in the workforce is healthy. But I think a lot of people go overboard, and it, competition turns into jealousy, mm-hmm. and it turns into hatred and shit like that. When you're only there for, what, 8 to 10 hours a day, sometimes 12 hours a day, guess what? You still have another freaking 16 to 12 hours to go home and live your life. Like, what the fuck are you so upset about? Are you getting paid? <laughs> shit. Let's move on to the next subject. Gay rights. Okay. Let's talk. Um, all right. Well, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big friend of the gay community. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, me too. I'm not going to lie. I support the gay community. Honestly, if, if, Live if, your if, life. You, if you look at, look down my life, you will see I am a big gay, I'm a, you know, I'm not saying I'm a gay supporter because I don't really go out for events or anything, but I am a friend, you know I mean? I'm a friend of, of, of the community. I definitely have indulged on some of their activities, but not the not the ones that you know <laughs> that they're not the ones that make you that way, but the activities that you know that support the yeah, culture, the the gay community. Like um, okay, it's like <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. And Pretty Black is right here, and he's pressing on me too. <laughs> we only have like two questions left, <laughs> and he knows we're almost finished too. That's why he's like standing there mocking me right now. No, 100%. I'm actually a, a huge supporter of the gay community, in my opinion. I think, like, hey, if that's your lifestyle, who the fuck are we to fucking judge you? Well, I was, you know, I was fortunate enough, it came into my life when I was young, uh, at a time where it wasn't um, as acceptable at the time, and when I was younger, it came into my life. So, I think that my uh, generation has opened the minds of people to kind of accept that culture more, because... Like I said, I, I was exposed to it younger than probably most people. Yeah. And, well, you know, yeah. some some of my most some listeners. of the people that are uh, some of the people that are dear and close to me, they are part of that community. So but see, you here's know, the thing. I really care about them, so I care about their I care about the cause. Yeah. If you watch on YouTube, right, and go to New York City, nineteen eighties, and I find this freaking just fascinating in the nineteen eighties, right? You will see a lot of people in the 1980s, in New York City, I can't speak about any place else, but in the 1980s in New York City, they fucking lived their life, no matter what you were into, right, they had freaking CBGBs and shit, you know what I'm saying, for the hard rocks and the people that like stabbing themselves and crazy shit like that, then they had freaking people that were walking around, like, they were openly gay, they didn't give a shit, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Much power to everybody in the 1980s in New York City because they were living their fucking life. And then unfortunately, I don't know how, but somehow the 90s came and all that shit was like, ew, this is the life you live? Ew, ha ha ha, look at these people. Yeah. Ha ha ha. And to me, it was like, well, where did that crossover come? Like, when did we just start hating people that just live a different life? That's like, been, where did that come from? To be like, honest with you, those people have been going through that for, for centuries. That's why it used to be, it used to be that even, you weren't even supposed to say anything. It wasn't even supposed to be seen. Yeah, I mean, that's... You wouldn't find out about stuff like that until somebody dies. Yeah. And now it's changed to the point where, hey, yeah, it is more open. Some people are just more flagrant with it. Yeah. And they can't, you know, they you can't you can't fault them that because they're still who they are. At least they're being who they are, not being somebody that they're not supposed to be. You know what I mean? That's why I never... I'd rather it be open than it be, you know, because there there have been families that have been shattered in in in, in the past. Yeah. Because that has been because that has been a down low, keep it to yourself type of subject when it should have been discussed and it should be it should be I'm not saying welcome you don't have to welcome it if you don't want to you know what I mean? but you have to be open-minded to it because it's there and it's not going anywhere it's yeah. been around for centuries so it's obviously not going anywhere and it's nothing you could do or say that's going to change it yeah no uh not to bring her name up but there was a family member right out of her privacy and her respect i'm not gonna bring her name up and say which family member it was but back in 2000 late 2006 2007 she actually brought it up to me because we were speaking about gay or straight and she thought i'd be totally against it but we're speaking about it and i let my freaking you know thoughts be known and i don't know what she was like so if i told you i was gay you wouldn't care and i looked at her like why would i give a shit if you're gay or not that's your life like like, I'm going to be like, no, you should be straight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck am I? Like, if you're gay, great. Guess what? Whether gay or straight, you're still going to be in love. Whether gay or straight, you're still going to have your heart broken. Simple as that. Like, what the fuck difference does it make? And that's honestly the way I feel about gay rights. So what the fuck difference does it make? You're still going to fall in love. You're still going to have your heart broken. I I look at it this way: being as open, it's not as it's not much as taboo because back when it was being on a download thing, like I said, it really it damaged a lot of people. It damaged some families. I mean, there's you know a lot of back in, in the past, gay men would get married and have families. Yeah, I never. And under- they were still and they were still, you know, participating in those activities behind the backs of their own families. Yeah. You know, and like I say, a lot of times, you know, most of the time probably didn't come out until, the, until that individual died. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it came out and the person, you know, and the families had to deal with it head on. Which is crazy, too, because when you ask a lot of people, well, why shouldn't gay people get married? A lot of people go, oh, well, it goes back to religion. Okay, well, what if they're not part of your religion? You realize you don't have to get married in a church. You can get married in a court. Mm-hmm. It's called the marriage of law or something like that. That's what I never understood when people speak out about gay uh, gay marriage and like, yeah, well, it has to do with religion and we don't believe it. Okay, what if they're not part of your religion? They can't get married? Is mm-hmm. that what you're telling me? Like, I never understood that. And that's why you have the imbalance now in the world because a lot of those men, men or women that were gay and they, they lived their lives as being straight 
You know, now when it's all open and it's more accepted, a lot of them are either they're going their separate ways from their spouse yeah. and they live in the life that they were in, they, yeah. they were intended to live in the first place. There was because actually, they didn't get a chance to do it back then. There was actually a wrestler, right? His name is Tyler Rex. And this dude was like, if you had to ask me, I would say he's like six foot a hundred. The dude is tall as fuck, nothing but beefcake. You know what I'm saying? The dude's got hair all over his chest the whole nine. You could tell this is a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Just came out recently. He hasn't been seen in a good 10 years or so, I want to say, if I had to estimate. Just came out recently with a new picture. Not a nude picture, a new N-E-W picture. He's actually transgender. And I looked at the picture. I was like, who the hell is this? And then I saw the beforehand. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Exactly. It was a total, like, I looked at that picture, too, and went, who the hell? Same thing that happened with freaking, uh, what's the, uh, Kurt, not Chris Jenner. Who's um, the other Bruce one? Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. I actually checked my Facebook one day, and there's pictures of Caitlyn Jenner all oh, yeah. over my Facebook. In my head, I was like, why is everybody celebrating this chick from freaking Sex in the City? Like, I literally thought it was that chick from Sex in the City. Like, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. And then I read the name. I was like, who the hell is Caitlyn? And then I saw the before pictures. Holy shit. Wow. That's a, it's a total difference. <laughs> well, his, his, his mama called him Bruce. I'm going to call him Bruce. <laughs> What's funny is my mother and my stepfather actually had a conversation the moment that happened. My mother's like, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, even back then. You would have never thought. My stepfather actually cut her off. He goes, you didn't know? <laughs> we know what he was a lift to go that's the funny thing. You know, that's the, the same thing with my parents when all that happened. Because my mom was really shocked, too. Because Bruce Jenner, to her, was like, you know. The man. He was out of Wheaties box. I mean, he was, he was handsome. You know, why? how could he be like that? He was so handsome. He had women, you know, women falling all over the place for him. And, you know, and all this time he had this trapped up inside him. Believe it or not. But my dad was like, I'm not shocked at all. Believe it or not. I wasn't um, shocked at all. <laughs> back in, I want to say 2000. So it's like, you know, men kind of, I think men kind of saw it. But that's because y'all are men and you, you guys can see that. You can see the, yeah. the um imbalance there. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? But as a woman, you know, women didn't know that. And, and like I said, that's how... In the past, this has been kept on the down low because a lot of those men, you know, were forced to get married. Hey, you, I, we know you have these tendencies, but you're gonna get married to this woman, yeah, so that you can so that you can stop all this stuff. Believe it or not, in the early 2000s, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, everybody knows him. He actually came out. He didn't actually say he, that he was bisexual. But everybody caught on to it when he had an interview in the newspaper. Because remember that movie, um, Be Cool, I believe it was. Yes. When The Rock was actually playing a character that was gay. They actually asked him, they said, okay, well, how do you actually play a character that was gay? And he actually said, because there was actually a wrestler who recently passed away, Pat Patterson. He goes, well, I actually uh, went to Pat Patterson, and he's actually openly gay. He was openly gay, so he didn't give a shit. He was like, yeah, I'm openly gay. Mm-hmm. Do something about it. So he went to Pat Patterson and confirmed with him. And his exact words were, Pat Patterson actually let me get in touch with my inner sexuality. And, and we were reading, I was like, did he just say he was bisexual? Like, we had to read it like three or four times. But guess what? Nobody gives a shit. Even in the early 2000s, because it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what I'm saying? 
One last question before we go. Yes, sir. Uh, two questions, actually. Okay. Okay. The first one, police brutality. Oh, God, do we have to talk about that? Um, I, you know, I, I, I really, I am not, I, I do see a problem in, in that system um, as far as how they're dealing with um, you know, I really can't, I really can't say I'm not an officer. I'm not a police officer. I don't know what they deal with on a day-to-day basis. You know, when, um, when all this stuff was going on and I was younger, you know, I used to be mad. I used to be like, you know, fuck, fuck the, the police, police you know, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of pigs and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything like that. But then, you know, now that I'm older and there's been times when I had to call the police and they have been there for me. Okay. You know, I you know, I can't you know I can't take any sides on that. I know I mean I am I am African American, and I do not like seeing the things that are happening and you know me to African Americans when it when they have their have their contacts with the police in some cases. Um, I, I mean I you know I mean my view on it I'm very split. I'm split. Honestly, okay. Because you know I know like I said I know some good cops and I know some bad cops. Yep. I know I've had my dealings with both. From the Suffolk County Corruption Facility, I can actually say, so I don't hate on all of Suffolk County uh, Corruption Facility. Let me rephrase that, out of respect. I don't hate on all Suffolk County freaking correctional facilities and Suffolk County precincts because there are some good cops out there. I can name, like, one good cop, and he's freaking phenomenal. He's cut us a break so many times. But I tell you one thing. It's the negativity throughout the freaking precincts, and, you know. But this is what I have to say on the whole issue. I think that the black community needs to start. We need to start educating our young folk on how to deal with the police police Mm -hmm. and interactions with the police. Um, We need to get them used to it, make, you know, let them understand their rights, understand how to... Um, carry yourself around mm-hmm. the officer, because I think that's I think that's where a lot of the um issues are coming into it, because I don't think it's just the police taking um doing bad things, but I think it's also the people that they, that they're interacting with, with or also with. doing bad. They're things. doing things that are and, wrong too. Yeah, and to them it's like, oh, the police are here. Well, you're bad, so get the fuck away from me. I mean, because I. Think Scenarios too, like when I mean, I, I remember when I had I had first moved, I had moved to Indiana okay. with my mom, lived with my mom and my sister there for a little while. And what year was that, by the way? If I could that ask. was year two thousand nineteen ninety nine, going into two thousand, because I okay. remember I remember celebrating New Year's yep, yep. Eve there, and um, how I missed New York because I had just left before it was turning two thousand. So, yeah, and I was twenty one at the time, and um, I had gotten. I had gotten to know some people because they were living in an apartment complex. I got to know some younger people my age in the apartment complex. I went over to the apartment of these two younger men, and the police came knocking on the door. Okay. And they came in. They were they were questioning everybody. So they came into the house. They came into the house. Oh God. And they were questioning everybody. I mean, I'm sure it was, they had their reasons or whatever for coming in there. Um. And I thought about that. I, I think about this every time I, I see, you know, on a police encounter with an African-American go sour. I just think about that instance because that could have that been easily me in that situation because I was the only one that was from New York. Yep. Um, I've been there before. And it was sad because the cop could tell without even seeing my ID. 
Mm -hmm. I wasn't even from there. He was oh, like, yeah, she asked you, you was you your from? name. Yep. Because you're not from around here. I can tell by the way you talk. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, yeah, I'm not from around here. I just moved out here from New York. Oh, you're from New York, huh? Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I know it's hard for black people to just, you know, suck it up and move on. I but in some cases, you have to do it. I can't imagine how hard it is for black people from New York to move out of state. Because I did that back when I was I moved to Virginia in 2000, late 2004, going in 2005. And it didn't matter what skin color I was. For the fact that the way I dressed and the way I acted, people looked at me in Virginia. And for the fact that I was New York, from New York, and they... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, political politicalist radio. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember when I told you, I believe it was the end of uh, season four, episode 20, 420, if you guys want to look it up, or the beginning of season five, whichever case it is. When I said political list is in a complete overhaul, we're going to be doing a lot of different things, not because we have to, because we want to, because it's time to move forward and it's time to do different things. And I was talking about the website and all this and that. Let me give you guys an update on exactly what political list radio is actually doing so far. I'm doing me like I always am, busting my ass, working hard and, you know, doing my thing. With that said... Oh, this is my jam. It's Billie Eilish. You think that's the man? Actually, that's my jam. I like me some Billie Eilish. I'm sorry. Guilty pleasure and some Taylor Swift too. Anyway, so let me give you a rundown of what's going on because <clears throat> we're for complete disclosure, complete positive disclosure. You know, we ain't going to throw each other under the bus because we don't do that. That's loyalty here. So complete disclosure, ladies and gentlemen. First off, Pretty Black is just, he's doing overtime, man. He's got his job he's doing right now, and on top of that, he's busting out freaking song after song after song. If you saw how many songs he actually had written from freaking first verse to third verse, the chorus, the whole nine and everything, you would be surprised. That man is just, I can't even call him a work in progress because he's already progressed on all of his work. You know what I'm saying? So give a big hand for him. Pretty Black is doing it right now. Baby Boy Cole. Don't know where he is. We love you. Come back to Political List Radio. A lot has freaking changed, actually, since uh, well over a year ago, since the last time uh, Pretty Boy Cole was actually over here. Baby Boy Cole. Sorry, I'm confusing with Pretty Black. But Baby Boy Cole, last time he was over here, a lot of changed on Political List Radio. I mean, we have a lot of music now. We have a lot of other t uh, topics and subjects we touch on. Now we're actually off of freaking YouTube and we're off of social media. So we can focus strictly on the radio aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? So we are freaking definitely making a few pennies, like literally a few pennies. But <laughs> we are definitely moving forward a lot, a lot. There's a big difference between now and uh, a year and a few months ago when we were just freaking busting out one video, a.k.a. one podcast, a freaking month. And that was it because there was a lot of editing. 
a lot, a lot of editing to do. And to top it off, you know, I discussed this before, but I'll say it again, screw it. To top it off, we were doing all of that for zero dollars. We were actually wasting our time and money to post stuff that, you know, people were watching, but we weren't getting the subscribers. We weren't getting the views for some reason. Then when we fully, a few months ago, when we fully switched over to freaking, because now the only social media we have is Instagram. You can look us up on Instagram, by the way, Political List Radio or Nerd Square Circle, because Political List and Nerd Square Circle, both of us are actually Political List Radio. So we, we kind of binded, I guess you could say, or blended or mended, whatever word you want, refused. So we're doing a lot better now, we're doing a lot better things. Anyway, the Ace Low Wolf, same situation with Pretty Black. Ace Low Wolf is busting her behind right now, and she's freaking work on top of work on top of work. That's why you actually haven't seen her or heard from her on Political List Radio in quite a while, because she's just been doing so, just busting out. She's working now more than she was before the pandemic started, in my opinion. And now which leads me to the reason you guys are listening right now. Okay, check this out, right? Within the next few days, I'm hoping, because you never know what happens. I'm 99.9% sure that this will happen actually tomorrow. It will actually be recorded. But like I said, you never know what happens. The newest member of Politicalist Radio... Miss Lady V, we will have an interview with her on Political List Radio. I will be interviewing her personally. I'm not going to be debating her. I'm going to be interviewing her. I'm going to ask her a question, and whether she wants to have a simple question, take five minutes to answer it, take 35 minutes to answer the question, that's all up to her, because it's going to be her interview. It's pretty much going to be her show. Now, with that said... As I was discussing this with her, I came down with up with the idea that, okay, check this out. I'm going to be interviewing her, right? So, obviously, I'm going to be involved, you know, with that aspect. By next week, one week from now, well, one week from tomorrow, actually, hopefully, hopefully, we will be able to have the very first all-women's political list radio podcast ever and I mean ever now this will be literally if you listen to every single podcast we had this will literally be the very first podcast that does not have one male figure in it whatsoever I will not be there asking questions it'll be Ace Lone Wolf and it'll be Lady V Miss Lady V excuse me And them two will just parlay, and they will have the very first women's only politicalist radio podcast. I am so excited for that, to be honest. I cannot wait. Like, that's like history beyond history to me. That is going to be so exciting. That is going to be unbelievable. Um, Like I said, tomorrow... Hopefully it will be tomorrow, 99.9% sure. We will be recording, myself will be interviewing Miss Lady V, 
and as soon as possible, which is probably like the moment we're finished recording, that will go out. And then by the time next week comes, that's when we'll have our first ever all-women's podcast. Only women. I will not be there asking questions. Me and Pretty Black won't be there in the background blasting music or talking or anything like that. We will actually not even be in that vicinity. We'll be at the beach or something fishing or we'll be outside or we'll be over here (coughs) in my area, which is across the street. (laughs) But look... (coughs) Excuse me, but definitely look for that, ladies and gentlemen, because that is definitely coming out. And Miss Lady V, and I really, really, for the longest time, could not wait to actually get her on Political This Radio, because she definitely has a difference of opinion, and on the majority, on the majority of the stuff that you hear me talking about and giving my opinion about, she definitely has, on the majority of stuff, a difference of opinion. That's why I'm not going to debate her, because everything I've talked about, you guys already heard it. So it makes no no sense for me to say the same thing twice, sometimes three times. You know what I'm saying? I already say the same thing four times over again. So we're going to give her respect, and we're going to let her shine. And then next week, Ace Lone Wolf and Miss Lady V. Once again, we'll have... The very first ever all-female politicalist radio podcast. Women's Empowerment Appreciation Podcast. That's what we're, that's what it's going to be called. Women's Empowerment Appreciation Podcast. I was going to call it Women's Appreciation Podcast, but then I remembered what the uh, abbreviation for that was and now is not really a good time to have WAP for women's appreciation so I thought hey we can go further than that WEAP W-E-A-P and I know it sounds like oh wow WEAP really and what is that supposed to mean it's supposed to mean ladies when you WEAP Men weep with you. We here at Politicalist Radio weep with you. When you weep, we weep. Sounds so much better than WAP, doesn't it? With that said, I can't stress it enough. Look out for it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Politicalist Radio. We will have the interview with Miss Lady V coming up ASAP. Thank you, guys.